What's up, everyone? These are your hosts, Brayden, Nate, and Austin. And welcome to Cause for Concern. Today we'll be talking about Lethal Company and Dragon Ball. And we'll finish off with a discussion on the boy and the heron. Let's get into it, guys. Alright, Nate, when talking about Lethal Company, what do you personally enjoy about the game so much? <laughs> well, um, I think it's kind of refreshing compared to most of the games that have come out this year. Yeah. Um, it. I think the multi. Okay, the multiplayer experience is second to none. Okay, it's just goofy. It's fun to kind of just shit around with your friends. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just a blast. What do you say to the people like me who think it's too scary, too spooky, too weird, man? Okay, so. It, I don't think it's that scary when you're playing with people. Um, Because you're all just kind of there. You're laughing. When someone gets scared, they start laughing. Everyone just... I don't know. It's just... You're all having fun, so... Okay, fair enough. It it is just really refreshing, uh, like Nate said, because for a long time it feels like a lot of these games are just like pay-to-wins or it's just like you have to be on the grind constantly. And it's really nice to just have a game to where you can just, like, dick around with your friends and have fun, bro. And I I don't know. It's just different. Another thing I find hilarious about the game is how it was just made by, like, this random guy on Roblox. He's a furry. And he made this goofy game. And it is outselling the new COD. Like the new COD oh, cannot really keep up. Is this up. true? I didn't know this about is this. true. It is the... heavily surpassing in sales uh, wow. than the new COD. No, I think it's already made about thirty million. Oh my! From God. what I heard, because I, I mean that's crazy too when you consider it's only a ten dollar game. Yeah, and COD yeah. is charging like what seventy bucks, and this 70 guy is. 100. Yeah, if if he har- charged that much for the game. Like, imagine how much you'd have. I mean, I don't think you'd get as many people to buy it if it was that expensive. But, like, no. $10 compared to, like, a $70, you know, like, mess, massive studio, yeah. you know, it's, it's crazy. You brought up a point, man, that actually I didn't really think about. Like, a lot of games pretty much are just getting on the grind and keeping up with the Joneses, man. Like, Destiny is yeah. one. Technically, Final Fantasy fourteen is one that's blowing up, but you still have to keep up with everyone, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't really give it any merit that this game is nice just to pop in, dig around, and leave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because I mean, actually sounds you, pretty refreshing. It is then, really refreshing. Once you've completed your quota, if you die, then you just reset and you do the same thing again. But it's always different each time. Yeah. You know? So it's going to be a, a new wacky experience each time you boot up the game. You guys have been trying to get me on this for a while, but like, mm-hmm. do you think that this is actually going to grow, or do you think this is like one of these fad games that probably two months everyone's gone? It okay. I, I've seen some YouTubers talk about it. Um, I it could kind of fade away. Um, I think if the guy continues updating the game, I think it'll have some staying power. Okay, and the game has really good mod support from the community so oh yeah like the other day me and brain were playing the game we 
were playing in Bikini Bottom um, <laughs> and Peter Griffin's house. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's like you can, there's all these new mods coming out with, you know, really random shit. Um, and, and the guy, he, yeah, the guy, he's been like updating the game too here and yeah. there, adding new monsters, adding new stuff. But like, it's the modding community that keeps this game alive, dude. Like, there's new fun stuff every day. Someone's wow. releasing something cool, or it, it'll either just be fun stuff, or like, you know, like just really helpful mods that like make the experience better. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you don't think the guy, what's his name? Who who developed it? I don't, I don't even know, dude. It starts with a Z. I, I can't remember. We'll call him Zebediah. No offense. Zebediah. But we'll call you that. <laughs> <laughs> Zebediah, uh, I really hope you keep making this game because the only reason I'm not jumping in is because I'm scared it's going to die. I'm going to give it a few more weeks. If it's still popping off, I'm going to jump in with you guys. Yeah, I, I could see this one having some staying power. And I... Like, I was playing Phasmophobia yesterday, which is the game that is kind of similar to this a little bit. Um, I've played it I once. Think, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I think the gameplay loop in Lethal Company is better mm-hmm. than in Phasmophobia. Even though they're both very repetitive in how you play, uh, I feel like Lethal Company is a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. I haven't played so, Phasmophobia since 2020. Basically, when it first got into early access... Uh, what would you say, like, the polish level is between the two games? Which one plays better? Oh, Lethal Company plays way better. That's crazy, Easy. man. It's been Hands three down. years of Phasmophobia in early access. You'd think it'd be better by now. And Lethal Company's yeah. only been out for, like, a couple months, dude. Right, right. Yeah. No, it. Lethal Company plays really, really well, and the gameplay is super solid. And huh. Phasmophobia was a little, a little janky. It isn't really um, supported anymore, is it? Phasmophobia? I have no idea. Huh. But I don't know either. Yeah, no, I, I think Lethal Company, considering it's one dude, is surprisingly well polished. Yeah. And like what Nate was saying, yeah, it has a lot of replayability, mainly because every time you go into the facility, whichever moon you land on, mm-hmm. it's generated. Like it regenerates. Uh, it's you procedurally know, generated. Yeah, it, it has yeah. different mobs every time. Uh, the pathways are different. Like, you know, there there can be dead ends, traps. There's new stuff in each each time you go in. So yeah, it might be the same moon, but it's a completely different facility every time. What kind of procedural generation is? Is it like I'm not sure if this is the right term, but is it like prefab, like whole areas are reused, or is it the whole thing different every time? It'll be reused areas. Okay. Um, okay. But the layout will be different every time. Gotcha. Um, yeah. okay. And like, there's there's some maps called we call them turret hell maps, uh-huh. um, where the, I don't know if there'll be less monsters, but there's a lot more of turrets. Okay. Yeah. Um, there'll just so be you, some that you go in and there's just like 50 turrets in there, and you're yeah. just like, well, this one's a scrap. Like, you just gotta leave. And you have no idea what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's certain mods or mobs. Um, where if you get them, you're kind of fucked. What's yeah. the end um, game like? Is there is there a win screen like you won the game, the end, um, anything like no, that? Kind of not, but there is a pressure to keep moving because each quota you get. So your first quota, it'll start you off at like, oh, you only need to get like hundred and fifty dollars of scrap okay. to 
beat the first quota. So you land on a couple of the cheap moons, you, you grab a couple pieces of garbage, a couple engines, whatever you can find, right. survive, and then leave. And you have three days to make that quota. After the three days, it'll slowly rise, and it gets more stressful because you have to go to more difficult planets. You have to get higher value stuff. And if people die and you can't recover their body, you lose money, which is, like goes for supplies you need for flashlights, walkie-talkies, uh, shovels, stuff that you need to be able to make making money easier. So there is like a sense of like importance, like we got to make quota, we got to get this stuff. So it can actually be like really fun and like almost kind of competitive in a way of like how much can we make for this next quota so we can just buy like a crap ton of stuff. Are there any you know? weapons that you can use to fight monsters? Yes. Yeah. There's um, a shovel. Okay. Um, there is a zap gun. Um, and then there's an enemy type. I don't know if this is going to be a permanent enemy type since it's a seasonal thing. Mm-hmm. But it's called the Nutcracker. And if you manage to kill him, which is kind of difficult to do. Um, difficult. You can get his shotgun. Oh, wow. Um, so That's you'll, cool. Yeah, you'll have that. Yeah. Um, Trying to think, I don't, I don't think there's any. How other, long there's are the days? Like uh, real time, like real world time. How long is one day? I would probably say like 15 minutes. Yeah, but you okay. don't want to stay like the whole time because mm-hmm. the ship shows up at like 6 a.m. and then it leaves at midnight. Okay. Uh, whether you're on the ship or not. So if you're not on the ship, it'll just leave without you. And another thing, at 6 p.m. Monsters start spawning like a bunch of giant monsters, like tree giants and like eyeless dogs will spawn outside like where the ship is. So you want to get out of there before it gets late at night and there's monsters roaming everywhere. (sighs) Sounds too stressful, man. (laughs) It kind of is, but trust me, it's more goofy than stressful. And that's what you have. It's really, yes, it's so fun. Okay. No, well, I'll give it a shot. Give give me like another week. I just want to see if the fad dies. If it doesn't die after like a week, maybe two, I'm hopping on. All right. Well, very cool. Um, how many hours you guys have in this game, both of you? Uh, honestly, I don't even know. I'm at like eighty. Eighty. Yeah, I'm probably eighty. Nate, yeah. are you serious? Okay, yeah. I just checked. I'm at sixty-five right now. Holy so shit. A right, decent amount. The exact number. No, I... And two, like, I, I've only played this game for, like, a month now. And I put about... Yeah. I put about 50 hours within the first two weeks. Um, it's kind of... It's pretty nice. fun. <laughs> so... Okay. Well, very cool. Yeah, I'm at 79 hours. So. What would you guys kind of give this a rating between must play, play it, wait for a sale, or pass? What would you say? Uh, I don't even know if I could fit in any of those categories. I think it's one of those where it's like, you got to give it a chance. You got to give it a try because it's, it's a fun play. I I don't even know. Yeah, it's very unique. It's different. And it has a sense of mystery. Like it doesn't really hold your hand in like, yeah, you know, you need to go make money within a certain amount of days. It doesn't help you or hold your hand with any tutorials or anything. It just throws you in the deep end. But figuring the, it out is actually like what makes it so good. Do you think the ten dollar price tag is absolutely worth it? 
Oh, I, oh, yeah. I think the guy could charge three, four times as much, oh, and it would easy. be a, ju a just price. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I would I would spend 40 bucks on this game. I would. Be I also would. Wow. Okay. Well, it sounds like it's a must-play, then. Yep. <laughs> I guess you could say that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Next up, I want to kind of pitch Dragon Ball. You're probably thinking of Dragon Ball Z. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the OG from the mid to late 80s, Dragon Ball, pre-Z. I think it's awesome. I really think you guys got to watch this. Um, listeners, Nate, Braden, everyone, I honestly think that uh, it's worth watching. It's a lot of fun. It's goofy. Um, there's not nearly as much like epic fights that everyone knows what Dragon Ball Z is known for and Dragon Ball Super and whatnot. Um, it's just, it's a classic. It's very different. It basically follows young Goku. I mean, he's not, he doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a kid. No Gohan. It's literally young Goku and his origin story. Uh, but I don't know. Just wanted to kind of share it, spread the word. Uh, I think you can watch it on Funimation. I don't think it's on Crunchyroll right now, but, uh, it's good. I would probably give it a, an eight out of 10 in terms of like overall history of anime it's it's well worth a watch but it's a good show it's fun fair warning there's a bit of nudity which was pretty pretty <laughs> weird yeah the 80s were crazy like we're talking like full frontal it was really weird um <laughs> not really sure why they chose to do that but uh it is what it is <laughs> yeah. but the story itself is just it's it's fun it's just a lighthearted romp. It's adventure. It's there's not not much not so much seriousness that the later series got into, like Z and Super. The whole, every episode kind of followed almost like a sitcom. Like uh, like you just pop in and you just watch the one episode and you were good. Um, they do tie in, but they're all kind of segmented. Like you can just watch one off here, one off there. They're they're just fun. So and it also introduces the whole world of Dragon Ball. Like, everyone knows the characters of Z, but they were originally introduced in the first series, Dragon Ball, and uh, it's fun. It's pretty cool. That's cool. Man. So, yeah. The old man is a horn dog, though. <laughs> yeah, he is, dude. He goes off in the original series, man. Like, it's, yeah. it's almost like rated R, to be honest. Uh, in the OG series, I, I've only seen a few episodes because uh, our friend Patrick, he he went through a big phase of, like, nonstop watching the original Dragon Ball. Really? Yes. Yeah. Like, to the point to where we went on our vacation to Bryce Canyon, he was, like, hooking <laughs> up the TV and watching it in the room and, like... Dude, that's like funny. the whole time, uh, and so you know we would be subjected to watch some of it with him because we were in the same room, was and it, it is pretty. Or... No, no, no. This is like when Goku's like a kid. Oh man, yeah. you were watching the yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like you know, like you could tell it was like really old yeah. animation, but like I kind of like it. I know. Um, that's interesting. Too, man. And I, I mean, I kind of got thrown into, like, the middle of, like, a couple of episodes, so I didn't really get, like, the whole dynamic of everything. Mm -hmm. But it was pretty funny to watch, and, you know, it, it had some pretty goofy and funny moments. But, like, yeah, I, it was I don't know, man. The closest I've good. ever, yeah, the closest I've ever gotten to getting, like, really into, like, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, like, in general, is when, like... <laughs> They had the big uh, Fortnite event for Dragon Ball. 
Oh yeah, and they were like a year ago. Yeah, and they yeah. were selling all the skins, and they they even had places where you could go watch episodes <laughs> of the cool. show. That's cool. And I I kind of got into it there. I was like, oh, this is fun, you know. But I've never I've never really gotten like really into it, like actually watched like you know a whole season or anything like that. But yeah, it's still well worth it. I think everyone who appreciates anime needs to watch it because it's one of the greats. You know, it's it's kind of yeah. what made anime what it is today to be honest yeah. but yeah anyway so i'd give it a must watch that's my rating boy and heron what do you think <clears throat> um hated it oh my <laughs> awful watch <laughs> all right <laughs> Shut i'm <up>. done <laughs> So yeah, crazy, uh, everyone, man. we watched The Boy and the Heron together. It was my seventh time watching it. Uh, oh my gosh, dude. First time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what'd you think, guys? Let's talk about it. It, it was really good. It was yeah. really, really good. I did really enjoy it. I was a little hesitant uh, because... On your first watch, you were hesitant about it. Yeah, I was. And then you said it took you a lot of rewatches to like... It took me the second. Second rewatch, I was hooked. Which I'm like... So I was a little hesitant thinking, you know, oh, well, if I'm going to have to watch this like multiple times to even enjoy it, then I don't know. But I will say, off the bat, on the first watch, I really enjoyed it. It, it's. I would say it's like a top three. Top three Studio Ghibli, Ghibli yeah. or yeah, top three, top three Ghibli. Okay, top three Ghibli. Speaking of which, just some backstory for the listeners who uh, don't know what this movie is. Um, it's an anime film. Um, it's made by a studio called Studio Ghibli. They're pretty famous for other movies like Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Castle in the Sky, things like that. Um, if you don't know those, just Google them. You'll probably get hooked pretty soon but this is basically the last movie coming out of the studio because the director is pretty old the movie took him 10 years to make he started like in 20 i think 13 when he started pre-production or designing things and it just released last uh, or just last month in december so anyway that's that's the backstory but nate what did you think about it man i i thought it was it was okay it was not what i expected at all um it was very psychedelic in kind of an odd way yeah but like kind of uncomfortable but it was cool yeah um no i liked it i thought it was i would put it in a top three for me as well i think it's pretty cool of ghibli movies so do you think for both of you it's one of the few that you're going to get on dvd or blu-ray um, I don't really buy movies on DVD or Blu-ray yeah. anymore. Okay. Okay. The only movies that I've ever bought on disc for myself is the John Wick collection. <laughs> um, and <Okay>. that's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's <Okay>. crazy. <laughs> well, I'm the polar opposite, man. I have a collection so big, it's kind of god-awful. <laughs> In fact, I'm trying to sell a lot of shit right now, so... Oh, really? Yeah, it's just too mm. much. I've collected too much. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, this is one, though, I'm going to keep. I'm going to get the disc. I can't wait to get it because I'm kind of tired of spending 10, 15 bucks every time to see it in the theater. Seven um, times, I think, might be enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think yeah. so. My take on it, uh, it was I also really enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. 
but like you said, Braden, uh, I did see it the first time and I didn't like it, to be honest. It wasn't what I was expecting. Like, like you said, Nate, and I was like, dang it. Miyazaki failed his first failure. (laughs) (laughs) And I left and I just went to bed that night just thinking, damn it, damn it, damn it. But well, I had to see it again. Something was like, just go see it again. Maybe something will click. I wasn't planning to enjoy that second watch, but I saw it again and something clicked. And it was actually because I was in the, uh, the theater. Um, and for some reason, this show, this theater audience I was in, like there was a lot of kids. There was a lot of kind of crying and laughing and like some of some, some of them were running up and down. And for some reason it was just like, it hit me. Hold on. Let's try and like go back to when you were a kid, Austin. Try and watch this like a kid. So I did. And that's when it clicked. I was like, holy shit. I get it. I like this now. You have to basically, for me at least, I had to go back to like seven-year-old, five-year-old Austin to enjoy it. And not many movies that I have ever watched force me to do that to really enjoy them. And I, most people would make that maybe a negative. I'm treating it as a positive. I think it's a cool thing. If I'm being honest, I kind of almost had an... I wouldn't say an opposite effect. I would say I thought it was one of the more adult Ghibli films. Like, I I felt like if I was a kid, all the deep themes and stuff going on, besides just the visuals, I would be completely disinterested as a child watching this. Because I wouldn't understand what's going on. Everything's confusing. It's all metaphors and... Just the visuals would be interesting as a kid, but everything else, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'd be able to grasp it. But okay. for me, I, I see like this deep story of, you know, life, death, rebirth, and just like uh, a man coming to grips, you know, with, with his, his reality. Yeah. yeah, with his mortality. I, I mean, not to get too deep or spoilers or anything, but it was a really deep movie. And I think if you look like under the surface, you can see all of these things. But as a kid, I just don't think I would enjoy it because I just wouldn't get it. I was kind Uh, of a weird kid, man. I was watching. (laughs) I was watching some weird movies as a kid. Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. So maybe I'm just I'm the outlier. But yeah, Yeah. still, though, I I do agree with everything you're saying. It's it's a really deep movie. Yeah, I will say. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the only thing that might have ruined it for me is, like you were saying, there was kids like running up and down the aisle in our viewing experience. <laughs> oh yeah, we had people oh. talking the entire time all around us. Yeah. They were talking through the whole thing, basically narrating yeah. what was going on. Oh my and, god, it's the wizard! <laughs> yeah, and like, if anything, even minutely like funny happened, like someone kind of tripped a little bit. They were like busting a gut. I, yeah. I and I would yeah, just be like, really? Much. It's like, okay, it was kind of like a haha funny moment, but like, no. It was the most hilarious thing they had ever seen. And it was like every 10 seconds. It was driving me nuts. But the yeah. fact that the movie was so good that I like even I was like extremely annoyed, but still enjoyed the movie that much, that just shows how good it is. Yeah. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. What would you guys uh Give a rating on. I know we asked this privately, but let's let's share it with the audience. Well, you go first, Brian. Me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably have to give it an 8.7. Okay. 
Nate, what's yours? So I initially gave it an 8.5. Uh-huh. Um, after some reflection and soul searching, I'm going to give oh it a 9. Gosh. You're giving it a 9. <laughs> nine. Well, there you a go. Nine. A 9. Wow, okay. Very cool. As for me, I give it a 9.5. Okay. There I mean, you I go. I have to after seeing it seven times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've committed. I've committed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's our review. That's our it take was a on good the movie. The Heron. I really want to see it again, actually. I just don't want to pay the theater ticket price anymore, but still. No. It's good. It'll be on DVD. Pretty soon. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, we, we had to have been probably like one of the last views. Like, I'd be surprised if it's in that Cinemark anymore. It's got to yeah. be gone. Yeah. Probably. If anyone is out there listening and it's still in your cinema, just go see it. Just go see yeah. it. It's, it's worth it. It's definitely worth the watch. That's all she wrote. That was pretty fun. Yeah, it was. Thanks for joining us for this week's discussion. And we're sorry, guys, for not keeping to the previous plan for this episode, but we will be back next week talking about Battlefront 2 and some Elden Ring. Also, a bit about my experience with the classic 90s JRPG Chrono Trigger. Thanks for listening to Cause for Concern. Keep on keeping.